This is Dreamwalker 1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at dreamwalker1960.com. You can use most podcast platforms if you wish to listen. All you need to do is do a search for Dreamwalker 1960. One of the biggest problems with those that follow the once saved, always saved teaching is their most powerful argument falls apart the moment they throw it out. The premise they insist upon saying is that works are not needed or required. I will return to this. However, I wish to mention other blaring problems with their belief in this false teaching. That is, they even try to throw out that parts of the Bible are not to be followed. Like all of the letters written by Paul under the pretext that he is saying it is quote-unquote his gospel. There are other elements which I may cover in this podcast. However, to me, this one I just mentioned is the greatest betrayal against God by them making this excuse. Why I say this is these verses. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now I'll accept the fact that since the Torah was first written down on parchment, that there were 35 to 40 different people that wrote parts of the entire Bible. That is the human aspects of these testaments. However, when you take these verses that were just read, we come to one conclusion. There has always been one true author of the Bible, God via the Holy Spirit. Now think upon that for a moment. Every single book that is a part of the official canon that is called the Bible, and even some of the Apocrypha. How do we know this? Because there are over 5,800 Greek copies of the Gospels and letters that form the New Testament that date all the way back to the first century, and there is only 2% difference. That 2%, for the most part, is changing of names. Therefore, it is 98% unchanged for just under 2,000 years. This is verification that is not just inspired by the Holy Spirit, but governed by the Holy Spirit as well to make sure it does not change. With that concept in mind, when someone rejects a part of the Bible, they are in fact denying not just Jesus Christ, but God himself. This makes these words spoken by Jesus Christ very telling and extremely important. Matthew 10:33. But whosoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. This brings to reality these words spoken by Christ. 
Matthew 7, 22-23 Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Thus making the belief in one saved, always saved, alive, since they denied Jesus Christ himself by denying parts of the Bible. So to him, he never knew them, and so their names are no longer written in the book of life. What is the fate of those that are not found in the book of life? Revelation 20.15 And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Therefore, any that ardently cling to the once saved, always saved, man-made philosophy are clinging to damnation. This is the first nail in their coffin that must be realized. For out of all of them, this one is the biggest and worst because of their denial of Jesus Christ himself. The person they claim they follow, yet openly and continually deny him and his commands. Commands which equate to works. A lesson in quote unquote works. John 15, 1-6 I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Each person in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And each branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abide in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is withered. And they gather them, and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Quote unquote abide, and quote unquote bear, are both considered, quote, action words, unquote. To perform an action is called quote-unquote works. To abide is to follow the commandments and the laws not removed by Christ going to the cross. To bear fruit is to end sin in your life, bring others to salvation, and also follow the commandments and laws not removed by Christ going to the cross. This is works that go hand in hand with faith. Works without faith are rituals. Any who teach otherwise is teaching a false gospel and so are cursed per Galatians 1, 6-9. Since they are cursed, their name is not written in the book of life and so their fate is what? Revelations twenty fifteen, And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Which is why you find these words in the book of James, James 2.26. For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The core of once saved, always saved, is that all that is required is faith. As I have shown in the past studies, that the core of this belief came from Martin Luther and was pushed further by John Calvin. Why these two believed this 
was due to what they had grown up with within the Catholic Church, which were rituals called quote-unquote works, the buying of quote indulgences, unquote, the worship of quote-unquote relics, pilgrimages to Rome, ritual, ritual, ritual. So they went from one extreme, that being rituals, to the other extreme, faith alone, which calls what is said in the second chapter of James a lie. Since James was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ and the Son of God, they just denied Jesus Christ. Accordingly, their name is not written in the book of life. Again, what is their fate? Revelations 20.15 And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We can't help that Luther and Calvin went too far to the other side of the pendulum. That is just how humanity works. That is why accepting traditions and man-made doctrines are bad. This was witnessed by how the Pharisees responded to and treated their Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. This is why those that embrace the once saved, always saved thesis are so adamant and aggressive with those that try to show them the truth. Is this not the same way Christ was treated? Is this not the same way the prophets were treated? Does this not again show that those that follow, once saved, always saved, are following the traditions and not God because of their violent reaction? What did Christ say about the Pharisees' mentality? Luke 16, 13-15 No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your heart. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. As I have shown time and again, the Greek word meaning quote-unquote abomination is used only six times in the New Testament. Four of those times it is in reference to the Antichrist and those that follow that person. Most that embrace the once saved, always saved philosophy keep their wealth unto themselves. They embrace being an abomination in the sight of God. If they are an abomination, then they are not welcomed into heaven, which means their names are not written in the book of life. Therefore, what is their fate? Revelation 2015 and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What is required to fix this problem? To start with, accept that salvation can be lost as taught by Jesus Christ himself. If you say otherwise, you call Christ a liar and thus deny him who then denies you to his father. Need I again read Revelation 20.15? I hope not. Next, start to abide in Christ. How is that accomplished? John 15.10 If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my com Father's commandments and abide in His love. To quote-unquote abide means to stay, remain, continue, dwell, endure. 
the last two words have deeper meanings. To dwell is to live in a particular way, which means to follow the commandments. Then we have quote-unquote endure, which means to suffer through something that is difficult, unpleasant, and painful. Christ says this, John 15:20. Remember the words that I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. If you keep my words, they will keep yours also. Matthew 5, 10-12 Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Have you ever felt this type of persecution? I have, mostly from those that follow the once saved, always saved teaching. If you haven't, then you are not against the world, but are friends of the world. James 4.4 Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If you are an enemy of God, then you need to read Revelations 20:15 once again. Those that seek to fix their relationship with God must truly repent. They must start to follow Christ's commands, the biggest of which is to downsize and free up those assets to the point that they can give most of their money to those in need. 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Since they profess to being his followers, they should have no problem downsizing and giving their wealth to those in need. They should relish the desire to spread the gospel. They should accept the fact that they have made choices in their lives that they need to fix, that their name might have been removed from the book of life. God wants you to be the prodigal child, returning to him and allowing him to place your name back into the book of life. Time is running short. The last strike of midnight is almost here, leaving billions behind who thought they were right with God, perfect with God. Yet they will still be here while millions just disappeared. Do you wish to be in the billions or the millions at the beginning of the tribulation. Repent. God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me. To make a name the world remembers
Jesus is the only name to remember. And I